Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope you're recovered from last weekend's excitement, the festivities of winning the FA Cup final. As you can hear from my voice, I haven't quite got there yet. This is, what, five or six days after the Cup final and my voice still sounds like this, so you can only imagine what kind of a state it's been in all week. But, you know what? It was worth it. It was so much fun. It really was just... A brilliant weekend of football, doing what we did at Wembley, the way that we did it, the style in which we did it, the people, the team, the unsavory characters that we did it to. Um, Sorry to my uh, cousin David if he's listening to this. He's a big Chelsea fan. I don't necessarily lump you in with those guys, but, you know, judge your man by the company he keeps, I guess. Uh, But really just uh, brilliant, brilliant fun. And of course, we won the FA Cup. And I know that some of what's happened this week has taken the gloss off that for some people, not me. I can... I can compartmentalize the thing. So the FA Cup winning thing exists here and the Arsene Wenger news exists over here. It's sort of like um, having a cow's stomach of Arsenal because they've got different compartments, don't they? So my FA Cup winning cow's stomach compartment of Arsenal is full of happiness and joy and maybe there are other emotions and feelings when it comes to the contract renewal, how it's all been handled and everything else. That is a different cow's stomach of Arsenal. I don't know what's in the other ones at this moment in time, but, you know, that's that's where we are. So look, uh, this podcast, uh, I'm not going to do too much talking here, mostly because I can't, as you can hear, uh, and I've done some talking already. What I've done is tried to speak to a number of people about what's happened, what's gone on, their views on it, um, the renewal, what it might mean, are we going to see change, all the things that we want to see happen this summer, are they going to happen? What's the likelihood of those happening? It, it feels like We have got a huge amount of work to do this summer in terms of keeping players we want to keep, letting players go that need to be let go, uh, getting some dead wood off the the wage list, uh, using that money better, attracting top, top players, as Arsene Wenger says, and for the club to stop talking and start doing. Basically, we know they can talk till the cows come home. We get the PR stuff. The Ivan Gazidis interview during the week was just like, oh, my God. We know what the club motto is. We're aware of that. You know, we, we really are. Remember, the, the motto of this football club is we faced uncomfortable truths, inconvenient facts, and we're satisfied and, and feeling self-satisfied about that. I don't know what exactly the Latin is for that, but, uh, you know, I'm sure someone will uh, will work it out. You know, we do we do say all the right things pretty much all the time. Maybe we don't say enough at times. Maybe that's the thing. But when we do talk as a football club, it tends to be, you know, decent, on-message, slick, professional, everything else. 
But what what we need to see this summer is for all that talk to be put into action, for things to happen and for things to happen the right way, for the business we need to do to be done quickly and efficiently. No saggers, no dragging things out for months and months, no being in a position when it comes to the opening game of this season where we're going, well, we still need this or we still need that or we still have to sort out this or we still have to sort out that. We have to have basically the most efficient summer that anybody can remember for a long, long time. That's the challenge ahead. Not just for Arsene Wenger, but for Ivan Gazidis, for Dick Law, for all the people who work in those departments to get things done and to get them done in the right time frame. Because if we sit in our hands, if we let things uh, stretch on, if we dilly-dally, if we dither as we normally do, and this is why people have such concerns and reservations, if we do the things we normally do... um, you know, we're going to face a very difficult start to the season and we know how that can impact uh, a title challenge, etc., etc. And I've, you know, I had title challenge in inverted commas there. But if we can do things the right way, that would be at least some evidence that things are changing, that things are going to be different, that we're not going to put ourselves through the mill the way we have done. So, so there you go. But look, th- there's a lot to talk about and lots of people to talk about it with. And there is obviously a theme that runs through this podcast. Uh, it's pretty obvious. I'll talk to you again the far side of these conversations. So uh, right now, let's uh, let's just get on with it. If this world is wearing thin And you're thinking escape I'll go Just wrap me up in chains But if you try to go alone Don't think I'll understand Stay, Stay with me Stay Joining me now on the Arscast from the Arsenal Supporters Trust, it's Tim Payton. Hi, Tim. Hi there. Well, can I ask your first reaction, not with your Arsenal Supporters Trust head on, but with your Arsenal fans head on? What is your reaction to the news that Arsene Wenger is going to be in charge for another two years? I think I thought, here we go again, to use an Arsene phrase, deja vu. It just looks like more of the same. And, you know, you want to be optimistic about your team, don't you? You want a strong summer and to come back in August and get behind them. But I feel, to be honest, I feel a bit weary with it all now. There was obviously talk of a catalyst for change. We heard that from Ivan Gazidis through the through the back channels. Ivan has had a lot to say in the wake of the new contract being announced. Didn't have very much to say before that. Um, people can perhaps draw their own conclusions from that. But um, we know that there are issues. There are structural issues at the club. There's uh, recruitment, there's scouting. There are areas that could be improved uh, in order to help uh, more than anything, help the manager and help support the manager in the work that he needs to do on the pitch. Are you confident that uh, some or any of those changes are going to take place? Not to the extent that they need to. I think I was at the meeting and had the discussion with Ivan Gazidis around here. And I think, you know, he's a classic kind of politician, sort of slick PR operator. And I felt what he was trying to do was position himself probably between Kroenke, who just says carry on to Wenger and what 
one or two board members who were getting quite pushy about time for change. And he was perhaps hoping that the best way forward was the director of football role, you know, really shaking up the structure, but in a way that would allow Arsene to carry on in somewhere between it will either make a difference to help make him better or it's new in succession planning. But I think it's all fallen apart. I, my interpretation is that what had become a stalemate was solved when a distant absent owner who hadn't really taken any interest in 2017 arrived this week, saw a great win at the cup final that we all enjoyed and just stepped in, overruled everybody and said to Arsene, basically, carry on as it were. Mm. Well, he does have that power, um, considering he owns more well, shares than anyone of else. he owns... <laughs> He owns 66% of the club. It's worth remembering that no other board member owns a single share in the club. Yeah. Not one share. You know, they, they, they are fully appointed by him. The non independent non-execs are the chairman, Chips Keswick and Lord Harris. And, you know, I understand they've been the ones pressing most for removal or significant change. And then you have the two employees there who are Ivan Gazidis and Ken Fryer, both in effect full-time executives there and Dan Cronkey and Josh who represent we know what they represent so it's a pretty dysfunctional setup really. yeah I mean really. do, do you get the sense perhaps that when this director of football thing came up that it was let's say put to Arsene Wenger by somebody who's uh, whose views on football perhaps he wouldn't necessarily respect or it was put to him in a in a way that um <sighs> was designed perhaps to undermine his position rather than this thing being offered as a as uh, as somebody who could help him it was out there as the classic director of football role we know the way many european clubs operate the director of football uh, will decide who comes in and the manager then has to to work with those players at the very least the whole thing was ham-fisted oh off the scale ham-fisted it's a shame they don't hand out trophies for, for this process given the Arsene Wenger was pretty clear on the record over his 21 years that he doesn't believe in directors of football and he won't work with one. To have one pretty vigorously promoted, and, and, and you know like I, that it was really being pushed quite hard behind the scenes and in briefings and elsewhere. My reading of the situation is it was closer to almost like a constructive dismissal type of thing or a hope that, you know, we'll push him hard enough on this that he'll decide it's time to go rather than carry on. Um, and actually what Arsene did was almost take umbrage at it and dig in and push the other way. And probably it wasn't resolved until the result of that cup final. Mm, yeah, I mean, well, that really is ham-fisted. And that maybe says a lot about the way that certain members of this board have operated. If that's the way that they felt they could perhaps um, uh, elicit change, it really says a lot about the way that they operate. Um, it also, Andrew, can I come in there? Yeah. It does, but doesn't, it also says that maybe they've been practical to the reality of Stan Kroenke. And they realise, you know, this is how dysfunctional the club is, that talking to Stan Kroenke directly about the need for change wouldn't work. So, in effect, there was almost like a plan B, which is we'll resolve this situation by getting Arsene Wenger's resignation or decision that he's had enough. Oh. You know, we are speculating a bit now, but you, you, you know this world as well as me. It's not, it's not been very pretty, has it? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, I can't, I mean... They, if they know anything about Arsene Wenger, they know that that kind of thing is is not going to work. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. On him, so yeah. Look, it 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 has been handled behind the scenes in, in a way that really hasn't been good for the manager or good for the for the club. I mean, uh, and I mean by all of them, between manager, between the board members, 
Um, you know, it has been to the detriment of the club, and at least uh, in in hindsight, Arsene Wenger has admitted to that, whereas nobody else seems to have uh, said anything about it. I was watching Ivan Gazidis' interview, and he he seemed to think everything was, you know, A-OK. They had very deep, mature conversations for the benefit of the football club. Everything's for the good of the football club. And uh, you wonder, well, why the hell uh, are you worrying or why are you so public about that now when you could have been a bit more public about that uh, over the last few months in particular? Um, there's a lot to do this summer, Tim. There are player contracts to sort out. There is recruitment uh, to take care of. There are big players whose futures need to be decided. There are small players whose futures need to be decided. Um, we know Arsene Wenger is famously a workaholic anyway, but even by his own standards, he's got a huge a huge job on his hands this summer. Oh, the, the there's a huge amount of work, isn't there? Both the short-term, what you might call the short-term tactical, which primarily is obviously about the squad, the contract, renewals, extensions and signings. But there's also that job. I think, you know, we have to look at this as a thorough change that is needed. You need a you need a boardroom that has got genuine skill sets and expertise to govern the club. And then when you move into governing the club, you've got to surely start putting in an infrastructure that looks more like how our competitor clubs at the very top of European football operate. And, you know, we're going to sound like a stuck record here because I agree with everything you've been writing and saying recently, but it's about directors of football. It's about more people in the key football roles to support and contribute to the role that the manager is taking. So there's a huge task there. And when I read the statements put out today, where my heart sinks a bit is I do feel like it's almost reads like, well, we're just going to carry on with more of the same and just a couple more good signings and we'll be there. Mm. Well, if I had a pound for every time Arsene Wenger has said a couple more signings and we'll be there, I could probably afford to pay for next year's season ticket. <laughs> just one thing I want to take you up on there is when you say uh, the competitors in Europe, uh, the clubs that we uh, used to compete with, we won't compete with them next season because we're going to be in the Euro- uh, Europa League. I would like to say perhaps a bit more accurate would be to say that those are the clubs that we aspire to be uh, to be like you know the yes uh, you're the, right I'm perhaps you know we have we are we have fallen to the level now where we're kind of at the top of the tier that wants to get into the top tier rather than at that level aren't we yeah a little bit so let me just ask you very finally do you feel in any way that the, the difficulties of the past season where there have been protests uh, to varying degrees. And I, I, I know people who agree with the sentiment behind the protest, but don't agree with the, the way that protest was delivered or the message was delivered. But leaving that aside, do, do, do you feel like perhaps what's gone on in in various ways has at least shaken the club out of a kind of a comfort zone where they do or always have felt like they they exist in this kind of bubble where uh, protests can be written off as a, a small minority of cranks, etc., etc. You know, we saw the Sunderland game, so many empty seats. That, that's got to at least make them wake up and see that, that things have to change, not for the people, not just for the fans who are protesting, not for the people who stayed away, but for the, for the football club itself. You know, the, the, uh, the selling these uh, corporate uh, jollies to Europa League games is not going to be easy for any of the manage- or marketing people. There's sponsorships, there's commercial deals, all that kind of stuff. Will it have shaken some people out of this mindset that they've had? Oh, undoubtedly the message has got through and it's being heard. What worries me is whether 
it's actually been acted upon. Because you look at the statements made today, they're almost an affront to our intelligence, aren't they? For us to believe that there's been this incredibly positive and constructive dialogue between Ivan Gazidis and Arsene Wenger, when basically Wenger has told us that the last three months has been horrendous and he's had no discussion with the boardroom and you'd have to talk to them about what's going on. You know, to, to believe that there's been, you know, this seamless agreement on where they're heading. So... I've got no doubt that they're hearing it, but what worries me is that the decision is taken by a guy that is based in Missouri and actually doesn't hear it and doesn't particularly care. And I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Stan Kroenke at an Arsenal game until October, November, maybe even into 2018 now. So... I'm not particularly optimistic on that. All right. Well, look, we'll have to see. I don't think he'll come in the winter because the last time he came, he left at halftime because it was too cold. So uh, oh, bless. He, might, bless. he might wait till the summer. Even with the blankets and the heated seats in the director's box, it must have been uh, a dreadful a dreadful experience for him. Tim, uh, have yourself a good uh, Arsenal, not if not Arsenal-free, Arsenal-limited summer, and uh, we'll catch up next season. Thanks, Andrew. With me now on the Arscast, you'll hear him on the Arsenal Vision podcast, amongst other places. Clive Palmer, hi there. Hello, hello. How are you? I am all right, recovering still from uh, the festivities of of last weekend. And uh, we have this week more festivities, I guess you would say. Arsene Wenger extending his contract by two years, staying at the club until 2019. Your thoughts on that, Um from the point of view of whether or not the club have made the right decision here? Well, first of all, once I got over the shock, well, I'm only joking. Once, <laughs> um, well, the, the, the club really, if you think about it closely, only really had one decision because they're not really ready for the next step. But, um, you know, what we have here in Wenger is, you know, he's a unique man. We all know that. We've mm. all grown up with him. We can't, we can, dis, we can dispute some of his tactical decisions and his slowness in the transfer market, et cetera, et cetera. But as a human being, I don't think any of us can question his qualities as a human. And um, and basically what, what's, what's developed at Arsenal is, I've said it before, is, uh, is he's become a single point of failure and, and we're not ready for the next step. And so really, if any, what this season, I hope, has done has really become a marker to say, well, actually, we do need to get ready for the next day. We do need to add more people. And if there's one thing I'm a little bit disappointed about today is that there wasn't there's no more organizational changes. Just it's just about him at the moment. So mm. um but yeah, it's a start. We knew it was coming and there's a definite mental reset. I mean, Kazidis has done a great job on doing a mental reset, <laughs> resetting ambitions. And there's been a, if you read the quotes, there's been a lot said today and uh, it's all on the record and people are going to remember today. And they remember every single word. Yeah. And they're gonna they're gonna recall it, and you'll be one of them. They're gonna recall it, and they're gonna replay it back to the club. And 
there's never been so much information come out in one day that we can actually replay back. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Do, do you feel like that uh, is deliberate or is it a case of just saying what, what they think people need to hear? Because Kroenke said we have ambition. Gazeta says we have ambition. We want to win Champions League. We want to win Premier League. You know, for, for years, uh, Arsenal, Arsene Wenger, Ivan Gazidis, we have talked the greatest game of all time. If we could play as well as we talked about how ambitious we were and how how much we wanted to do things, we would have won everything for years in a row. Uh, so is this just them reverting to their default, let's, you know, a bit of tub thumping or uh, chest thumping and... And that's it, or is it? Is there any going to be any substance to this? I suppose that's going to be seen in the summer, depending on what we do with um, player sales, player recruitment, and potential potential coaching renewal. Right? We don't know the people around the club, I and mean, we're sitting here today with no head of the academy. That's one. Yeah. Is there going to be another another senior member? on the board has got a bit more football knowledge, wherever, we, wherever that person is, director of football, director of football operations, wherever you want to call it, depends what Arsenal agrees to. And we've got these, we need to add these people to the club. And I think, I think we're used to the rhetoric, although today is, is a little bit different to previous times. Uh, we're used to it, but I think, I really do feel they made an effort to bring out words like complacency and set targets and, I've been somebody that's always said, we don't set goals, we don't set targets. We assume the targets are top four. We assume we're an investment vehicle first and a football club second. Because that's what the results have told us over the last 10 years. But I'm hoping now, and I've always said this, I'm hoping that the hierarchy of the club can change. And I'm hoping that the goals change and we move away from being an investment vehicle mm. and start being the football club again. That's my, my biggest hope. Well, I mean, it is hope. And I think we would all share that hope. Um, are we foolish to maintain that hope, given the way things have played out down the years? Or is it a case that this season has shaken them out of their slumber? That in some ways it has, it has lit a fire under their arses and they now have no choice but to at least give it a try? They've got to do something. Right. We've, we've seen a real leadership issue at the club. Forget the football for, for today. We all know what's happened there. Um, we've got a leadership issue. And we've created a single point of failure. And the best leaders, they look after their succession plan. They empower people. And if you think that a club, we talk about the self-sustainable model, well, when you have a single point of failure like Arsene Wenger, well, that's not very self-sustainable. Mm. That's going to break at some point. And so there needs to be a change in attitudes. He, he needs to realise that not even he can beat Father Time. He needs to really set the club up for the next phase of our history. Uh, are you, you're talking we, about Arsene Wenger here? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important that he gets the support to do that. He allows it to happen. And he gets the support from his side to actually achieve the goals he needs. Mm. But also, it's very important that he recognises that an organisation the size of Arsenal can no longer be run in his own image. Not alone. He needs help. The first thing you get when you've got a man or manager doing too much, people can hide in that culture. They can do the bare minimum because he can't cover all the bases. 
And this, uh, we've looked a bit sluggish as an organisation because it's all down to him. That's how it feels. Yeah. You know, sluggish off the pitch, sluggish in our decisions on the pitch. And it's cost us for the first time. We've always got away with it, but it's cost us the top level, the top table of football. Yeah. So I, we've, yeah. we've been forced to have a look at ourselves. And I hope we really do. If we don't, I do not think there's any hiding place. I think people are going to read what's come out today. They're going to listen. They're going to breathe. They're going to get rid of their hangovers from the weekend. <laughs> and they're going, to, they're going to watch closely the next few weeks yeah. and see what actually happens I and mean, make their judgments from there in. Is this not the, the Arsenal conundrum, the, the yin and the yang of Arsenal, in that we, we need Arsene Wenger to change, but we also need other people around him to change him? But the people, the person... But the person who's got to make, sorry, but the person who's got to appoint those people to make Arsene Wenger change is Arsene Wenger himself to a large extent. It is to, we, we feel that, don't we? We feel that. And this is where he, he needs to really, really make a change in his, in his attitude. And he needs to show a different side to himself. He needs to be more inclusive. He can't continue this way with, with the impression everything revolves around him I understand that as the major of our footballs of our football club he wants to be responsible for the technical side but he has to recognise that there's so much to do and he needs help mm. and bringing in new ideas is no bad thing I spoke recently about uh, Pep Guardiola at Bayern Munich the reason they hired him obviously he was the, the best manager in the world at the time but they also said that there'd be an influx of ideas coming into his club that we could use for many years afterwards and they made sure all their young coaches could really strip the man of his knowledge and then propagate that around the club. And it's still being done today. We've had the same messages coming from the same people for a long, long time. Yeah. I really feel there needs to be a, a people renewal to bring in different, fresh ideas. I have no real problem with him staying, but what I would like is two or three more people like him, that level of quality, if that's possible, if you see what I mean. So you, you to really, yeah. to really make our organisation deeper. So that's that's sort of the one change that you would be looking for uh, above all others is uh, him to make sort of appointments that a could bo uh, boost the coaching staff, but b could then remain as part of the coaching staff or backroom staff. Uh, for exactly. years to come don't be afraid don't be afraid to appoint people nearly as good as you mm. that's the thing sure appoint people that are really as good as you that makes you better and that's what smart people do they don't point people that are nowhere near as good as them that makes you feel good as an individual because yeah. that's what makes your organisation grow at the rate we need to grow mm. he needs to be brave and surround himself with some very smart people on the technical side on the business side and make sure that he can do his job and don't be afraid to empower those people. If he does that, and, it, and that permeates to the fans, I think people will be more forgiving. What they don't want to see is a one man doing everything because as soon as he makes a mistake, we attack that one man. Yeah. And, and that's been a problem this season. All right, well, look, let's hope that some of uh, some or any of or all of those things uh, come, come true over the course of the summer. Clive, thanks a million as ever. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next season. I have a dream. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, man. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week's show, as we look at the contract renewal situation for Arsene Wenger, I, you know, I can't tell you how delighted I am to have this man back on the show. Ian Wright, how are you? How are you doing, Andrew? You cool? I'm cool, all right. Listen, before we start talking about Arsene Wenger, I just want to ask you very quickly, how much did you enjoy last Saturday? You know, you know something? It was, it was so tough, Andrew, because going into the game, I'm not going to say that I fancied Arsenal to win it, especially with the makeshift back three, what was going to be playing. I didn't realize that they were, were um, Mertesacker and, 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 and the rest, and Holding were going to end up into turning into gods <laughs> into one game. But, you know something? I was so pleased for them. But sitting in there, it's like I said in the, in the punditry booth, I said, you know what? Of course my heart is ruling, but my head is as well. Mm. Because if Chelsea don't play well, we have got players good enough to actually beat them. I'm not going to say that I thought we were going to beat them, but as the game went on, you could see... Chelsea weren't right. I know they started, they didn't start right against Spurs, but we were a different proposition. We got a bit of luck with um, Sanchez's goal, with the handballs. And then after that, everybody just played fantastically. They should have started Fabregas, a big mistake for them. They didn't have no other possible really forward into Hazard. We dealt with Hazard, we dealt with Costa. And it was just, again, a game, Andrew, where, you know, the boys have, have, have put in the kind of performance that if you can find this kind of performance, we can, we can, we can go on and do something. We can win. Mm. Maybe this is why Wenger's got so much, it's why Wenger's got so much faith in them. He sees it, he speaks to them. I heard that he'd done a Churchillian speech, apparently, um, at the start of the game, boldly told me. Right. Um, which really got them going. But you know, almost like he was almost in tears. And this is why I thought, oh my gosh, maybe he is going. But the fact is, is that the guys have got it in them to, to dig in and play against the best and beat them comfortably. 
We could have been four 0 up in the first half, man. I know. I was there. It was. It was, it was... You, know, <laughs> you know the thing about it is, Andrew. I was so frustrated about that because I just so wanted to stick it to my Chelsea mates who, <laughs> who gave me the stick about when they beat us six 0 over their place. Yeah. To beat them. To, to be beating them 4-0 at half-time in the <laughs> FA Cup final, I would have just said, you know what, if the Lord takes me now, I would go happily. Well, look... You know, but I, yeah. I was delighted, Andrew. It was, I was, like I said, I, text, I tweeted the, the other day, I think it might have been yesterday, I was still buzzing. I just, I was buzzing over. I was buzzing over Murta Saka. If they can get Louise to play as well as he is for Chelsea in that system, then, you know, we've got to look at Murta Saka and say how immense he was. We can do the same if we can protect him. Yeah. I was so happy. I was so happy. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you. It's it's one of those things, one of those days, isn't it, that reminds you what it's all about, that when you're there, obviously yeah. your experience was a little bit different. I didn't get to see y- you on TV or anything because uh, I was at the game yeah. and then I was off drinking as much beer as I could possibly drink. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is one of those days where you just feel this, you feel the connection. It's almost like, uh, yeah. uh, not necessarily a hive mind, but a, like a, a hive love yeah. that comes together when you win something like that with all the other Arsenal fans around and you know and you know what was really you know I, I, I didn't care about all the shit what we was getting on social media because we've we've finished out of the top four and we've won the FA Cup I said before when Gary Lineker asked me would that be successful I said a trophy is always success yeah we will deal with being out of the top four but you know we were getting so much stick on social media and you know something I did not give a fuck, really, Andrew, <laughs> simply because I was just so happy that we finally, we just had something. You can say, you know something? We should be happy about this. Yeah, I agree. Whatever happens. I agree. We should be happy about this, man. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. There were lots of people who who uh, I spoke to after the game and, and they're saying, w- would you swap top four for the FA Cup? It's like, no way. No way. I just think, you know what, Andrew, we just... We're going through something at the moment, and this is why. I know we're going to go on to speak about the boss. Mm. We're going through something at the moment, but anywhere at all you can nick something, like the FA Cup, so the fans can have something. Our fans are at the FA Cup, it was, they were magnificent, man. Mm. It was fantastic. It was, it was fantastic. It just made me think, you know something? I get it with Arsene Wenger, why he's got so much faith. I think it's, it's blind faith some of the times because we've seen that they don't do it when we need them to do it, to give us that, yes, we can. You know, every time I'm thinking, yes, we're going to go into this game and we're going uh, we're, we're to show people we can do it, yeah. we get something like a Southampton, we get a Watford, we get a Swansea. We get, and so I just want us to turn that corner. Yeah. well, that's... You know, Because I know we can beat I want us to turn that corner. Mm. Well, look, the the, uh, the other thing, obviously, that we're going to talk about is the fact that Arsene Wenger has renewed his contract or had his contract renewed yeah. for uh, another two years. Uh, w- what's your initial feeling on that? Um, I think, you know what, Andrew, I've done a piece um, in a column talking about if he did not, if he didn't sign, I don't know where we would be. I don't know. It, it must have been sorted out a while back, Andrew, simply because you can't let your manager's contract run down. Like we've seen them do with players for many, many years, and it's happening now again to a couple of our top players, mm. um, which is still a, a, a massive issue. We've let our manager's contract run down to a point where the way the fans were going, and I genuinely thought, you know something, the way he was walking around at the end of Wembley, I was thinking, you know something, what he was saying about how disrespectful the fans were and how he's disrespectful for all these years, and 
I was I was reading between the lines and you know I was putting two and two together, coming up with five. I thought, you know something, he might leave, and if he leaves, we're on our ass mm. because then we've got to scramble around for a manager. We've got players who want to leave. You know, what I mean, who's going to be interviewing the manager? What's you know what is going on? Stan Kroenke's shit suit. You know everything. You know, what I mean, everything. What you're thinking, like, you know, the shit that's happening right now. If he left, so. The fact that he's stayed, and he is saying things that we've heard before, you know, Kroenke's saying, yes, we're gonna, we've got the right manager to, to help us to win the Premier League, that's what mm. we want to do, and win significant trophies in Europe. And he's saying we've got the right manager. Now, for me, it, you know, Kroenke, that, 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 that epitomises Kroenke for me, because he's obviously ain't got fucking clue what he's on about, <laughs> because our manager, up to this point, Andrew, has not been able to deliver those those trophies and for him to say Arsene Wenger is the right man I'm hoping in this next two years if he can keep Sanchez if he keeps Ozil if he brings in a couple more then I'm hoping that Arsene Wenger can go out on his shield and maybe have a go in the Champions League maybe winning the Premier League and actually making that prophecy of that that come true whatever it is yeah whatever I don't know what the word I'm looking for but hopefully that can come true because those words were hollow for me. Yeah. The fact is, I think that if Arsene Wenger left at this particular time, he had the club over a barrel because they haven't got anyone else. Everybody we'd want is probably, apart from Tuchel, who's, who's just left Borussia Dortmund, which is why I was coming up with five when I was putting yeah, two yeah, and yeah. two together, thinking that that might be something might be happening. The fact is, if, that, if, if he didn't sign a new contract, we, we would have probably had to have taken someone like Tuchel. So then he would probably have us over a barrel with what he wants and what his demands are. But I still think there's a lot going on. What's happening with um, Gazidis? You know, what's going to happen with that? In, with that? Is, is there going to be a, a director of football or somebody to come in to help? However, Arsene Wenger wants it. You know, is there going to be, is that going to happen? What were the terms in respects of how we're going to move on? And yeah. why should we now believe that anything's going to be different to what it's been before. Well, that, Why should we believe that now? That's a good question. And uh, people talk a lot about maybe seeing this two years as, as a way to prepare for transition or to put in place a succession yeah. plan for Arsene Wenger. And, and the weird thing is, is that people talk about Arsene Wenger being involved in that, that this uh, should in some way be part of his remit over the next two years. And you're thinking, well, why should the manager really have have anything to do with that when you think about it that should be yeah. the job of the yeah. club to do those things but we were talking a little bit earlier on but he he really is kind of the only one there at this moment in time who possesses the requisite football knowledge to yeah. to yeah. even attempt to put those structures in place or to bring in the right kind of people it's a it's a it's a strange almost it's unique that, situation no isn't it Andrew, no one else no one else i've never known any other football manager um, maybe, I don't know, I, just, I don't even think Fergie had that kind of power. You know, I don't even think Fergie would have been able to wield that kind of power and be all, all seen, all dancing, everything's about me. The whole world, he's the island, the island that is the boss. He's in a unique position in football. And that's why somebody could, he can run his contract down to the point where the club could have said, mm. you know something, said we've been thinking... Um, we're not. We're going to actually. We're going to let you go. People say, "Well, it's a horrible way for it to happen," but they were well within their rights to do that. But he's so powerful, 
he know he can he can leading into the fact that he's running his contract down, he can still say to the board, I'm not ready to tell you what I'm doing yet. That should have been forced upon him. The board are the ones who are the boss. He's not the boss. He's the boss of the team. Mm. The, the, the board are the boss of him. They should be telling him what's happening. No, Arsene, you're going to tell us what's happening like way back in bloody October or, or something. Yeah. You're telling us what's happening because we cannot afford a club of our stature to get into the end of the season and be bare ass scratching around for a manager. Yep, yep. So if... So, yeah. so, 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 yeah, go on, Andrew. No, I'm just going to ask you that. Like, let's say in these next two years, and and having signed a new deal and having heard some of the things that that have been said, I think we've all heard them before. I mean, what what would be the things that you would like to see? Let's say over the course of the summer and as as the new season begins, what would give you hope that things might be a little bit different? Um, Sanchez and Özil stay and put out statements saying that they're here for the long term. That they want to, they really want to take this and the boss's vision and Stan Kroenke's vision of winning Premier Leagues and Champions Leagues turn it into a reality. I'd like to see them two stay. I'd like to see us start going in for the kind of players that's going to make people say, right, they are serious. We are going to do it. I'd like to see them ease out a few players. Arsene Wenger himself has said the teams, the club's a bit heavy, the, 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 the squad's a bit heavy. I would like to see it freshen up with, play, with, with new players, new infused um, vibrant players, not the players that can be turned almost like, you know, like a, a mm. Jedi mind trick. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, they, they say things and they say, yes, so I want players who are coming that are like Sanchez, are upset when their players, when the players don't reach a certain standard on the pitch. They are upset when they lose. They are upset when they don't score. Those are the, we, we need that kind of change now. And I think Arsene Wenger might have seen that. That's what I need to see. We need to get rid of this. A few, four or five, that just right now start to. That's what should be happening for me, Andrew. Mm. Announce that Sanchez is staying. Announce that Ozil's staying. They're going to sign. Announce that he's leaving. He's leaving. He's leaving. Announce that we're in for him. We're in for him. Let's do our business quickly. What we haven't never done before. Because those are the things that Arsenal fans will say, Jesus Christ, yes, things are happening. Yeah. We're actually doing business at the start of the summer instead of five minutes before the end, before we're going to get ready to <laughs> play our first game of the season. Yeah, Those are the things I want to see, Andrew, because what we need to see from the boss is we need to see a change. Because otherwise, after the first three, four games, if we haven't seen that change and we've been... We've been sold that story about, yes, we're going to buy him, we're going to buy him, this is going to change that. And we start the season, we, we lose to the first top team, we start winning, and we're seeing the same pattern. What's going to happen? We're going to start seeing the fucking banners again? We're going to start hearing Arsene Wenger out when he's just signed a new two-year deal after three months? He has to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah. He's got to do everything in his power to make sure that doesn't happen because I, do, I feel that if the fans have to go that way again, singing at Palace, you're not fit to wear the shirt, losing the, those games against Watford and, 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 and fucking teams yeah. like that we should be beating and stuff like that, we need to see a change. I want to see a change because I'm tired at the start of every season or when I'm doing match of the day with them lot and saying, well, Arsenal are going to do what Arsenal do. They're going to do what they do. And we know what Arsenal do. We'll probably lose to the first decent team 
um, and, and, and then we'll go on a run where we beat eight, nine teams, ten, on a, and then everybody's excited about it. We all get excited. We start thinking, oh, my God, this is it. We get into the, our shit November. <laughs> Are we going to have a better November? We're going to get into November. It's going to be shit. And we get into December. We stumble through Christmas. We get past Christmas. Then January, we, and then we start to slip away. Then we, then we get into another phase where we're kind of out of it and we come back again. I, I don't want that to happen, Andrew. You, yeah, it sounds I like really you've lived that. that. <laughs> well, fuck, we've all lived that. And you I know, know something? I feel that the reason why he's going to be able to get away with this at the moment because the fans are saying, right, okay, right, let's see what you do this summer. I want to see what you do yeah. this summer. I want to see what's going to change. And that is exactly what I'm thinking now. I'm, I'm happy that he stayed because I genuinely believe, Andrew, he's done us a massive favour by staying because there isn't the kind of manager that I would think is, is available, whether it's a Simeone, Allegri, whoever it is, that next big manager that, that is available to come to us when are we in the right state in respect of our board? Sure. Our owner. Is he going to back somebody? Is he going to give somebody the kind of backing that Abramovich gives? That's what I want. It's greedy of me, but I'm jealous. I'm jealous of Chelsea, and that is why maybe I was buzzing still four or five days after. Because I'm so jealous of them that they've changed their manager. Everything's up in the air. It's so vulgar. They splash money all over the place. They buy the success, whatever it is. Like, well, everybody does. But the fact is, I'm jealous of them, and I do not want to be jealous of them anymore. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's... I want us to start to beat them regularly and really have a go. I don't want us to have a deja vu season, Andrew. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think anybody does. I mean, that that is the thing. I completely agree with you that we'll see what they do this summer, whether the words that they've said, uh, having given him this contract, are backed up in the summer, because <clears throat> I think people would be actually enthused and excited about a brand new season if we could see yeah. that some of the ambition that they talk about, they say that the ambition is to win Champions League and win the Premier League. You can't do that without displaying that ambition throughout the summer. Yeah. That's in terms Absolutely. of in yeah. terms of who's coming in and also who goes out. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll know uh, we'll know by August. I, Andrew, at the end of the day, I think that people people take the piss out of the fans, our fans, so much. They take the piss out of me. I get so much stick all the time because I'm, I've ju you've just got this faith almost like we're, it's like a docile faith that you've got once something goes when something like we beat Chelsea I all of a sudden I think the world's great again mm. yeah, we've got a team yes our team can do it I genuinely go into that mode Andrew when I watch what we've done to Chelsea the other day Chelsea's first team the best team that team that hammered teams this season on the biggest stage in, in, in the British calendar and we hammered them. Yes, they didn't play well, but we made sure that they didn't play well. Yeah, I do go into I do go into that. This is it. This is it. And then you know I go and you know they all slaughter me. All the pundits, all the rest of the pundits, because oh, I look at Wrighty <laughs> getting all over the top again when they see me jumping up and down in the studio when we score. Like they say that was handball. I said it didn't. It hit his knee. Right. That's why I remember Gary Lineker came back and said, "What are you talking? It hit his knee." I said, "Yes, it did. It hit his knee. It went up onto his hands." Yes, the referee is in a position to, to fucking give it. But I don't care. I really don't care. You know what I mean? If the referee's not going to give it. Do you want me to have a go at Sanchez when I'm desperate for us to win? Uh, the fact oh is, God. Arsenal fans have been docile for a long time. And I think that this season, they've shown their teeth a little bit. And as, as, as much as it's been fragmented, and some of the time, because we're not used to that, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, we see a banner when the boys are going over it. And I, I came out and slaughtered them about that. 
you know what I mean? But I was saying that maybe they should be directed more to Kroenke because he needs to understand mm. that we are not the kind of club or, or, or the kind of, of place that he can treat like the rest of his franchises. They, they're all mediocre. We're not mediocre. We are, we are the Invincibles. We literally played a brand of football that lit up the world. We had Barcelona players talking about the brand of football what we had because we've moved on from boring, boring Arsenal. And now we've gone to a stage where we've got a mediocre, uh, mediocre um, a, a, an owner with a mediocre mentality. And we've got players who were unaccountable for the, some of the mediocrity that they were putting on show. And there was no accountability for that. Something has to change. And I think that the Arsenal fans have been patient for so many years that I feel that the reason why they're going to be happy for, for now for the two-year contract is because they've seen... I think that I can just see people just tap, tapping their toes saying, right, right, let me see what's happening in the summer. Right, I want to see. Because they're, they're, it's almost like this is it, Andrew. This is it. Yeah, the line has been drawn in the sand, hasn't it? It's uh, it's, yeah. it's it's all yeah. or, it's all or nothing at this point because if they don't change after everything that's happened, then they never will. No. No, and then what it would say to me um, that, you know, because... With the, with, the, with the amount of the swell and the, and the wave of people that wanted Arsene Wenger out and the ball just stood their ground, they weren't, they, no, we're going we're, we're gonna to keep him in. In a season when it's not been great. Yes, we've won the FA Cup, but it, that almost saved the season. Mm. And can you tell me, Andrew, honestly, if, you, if Arsene Wenger, with the way he was doing those interviews before, talking about how disappointed he was with the way the fans were and everything, Andrew, if, I, if we lost that game to Chelsea in a fashion that was almost not, humiliating fashion where they hammered us, and the, could, I could see him saying, I've had enough. I could have seen it. Yeah, me and if too. that happened, if that happened, we would have been in a real, we would have been in a sea of pus. Yeah, well, look, <laughs> thankfully it didn't. Thankfully you got to lord it over yeah. your Chelsea mates, even if it wasn't uh, 4-0 yeah, at halftime. I hope you did. Did you? You really, yeah. you must have. Well, to be honest, Frank, well, the thing is, I was still tweeting a few days later and Frank was, Frank Lampard was saying, right, righty. Okay, I get it. That's enough now. Enough, yeah. But, nah. you know, it's, it's, one of those, it's one of those situations where um, I, 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 was, I wasn't milking or doing anything, Andrew. It's just I got the feeling that morning, I got the feeling when I sent the tweet, I think it might have been yesterday, I was still buzzing. I just felt good. I wasn't looking at Twitter. I wasn't doing I just felt very good. Nothing wrong happy. with that. And that nothing just happy absolutely well look on that happy note we will uh, we'll leave you to it I'll let you get home thanks a million for everything and uh, let's hope we have a good summer Andrew I'll speak to you I'll speak to you next season look forward to it we're winning the league next year make sure that you play this back so everyone can hear that I said that <laughs> I'm going to tip Arsenal to win the league because that's what I do I will tip Arsenal to win the league alright so I... everyone will laugh at me but <laughs> Arsenal proved me right well, look, you put, you put your neck on the line a bit there, but I, I really hope that comes true. Talk about over-the-top over just because we won the FA Cup. Jesus, I'm going to still tip us. I need us. I need to see what we do in the summer, Andrew, if I'm going to be totally honest. Well, that's fine. I think we're still go big on Arsenal. We're, we're going to win the Champions League even though we're not in it. That's how happy we are. <laughs> we're going to win the year. We're going to win it. Because if you ever got hope, what the fuck have you got? Absolutely. Ian, thanks a million. Take it easy, man. See you soon, Andrew.
All right, with me now on this Arsene Wenger Stay special Arsecast, I'm delighted to welcome from the BBC, David Ornstein. Hi, David. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. The issues that have gone on behind the scenes at the club over the last few months, I think it's obvious there have been some problems at board level between the board and the manager. Now that this situation is resolved to the extent that Arsene Wenger is going to stay, are all the parties going to pull together now to work in the best interests of Arsenal? That's impossible to say because the board was split on whether they wanted the manager to stay or leave. Uh, they were also split on whether they wanted um, Alicia Usmanov to be welcomed in or not. So that sort of fractured thinking at board level uh, doesn't just repair itself overnight. However, you must say that um, these people have Arsenal Football Club's best interests at heart and therefore um, you would be optimistic that they can unite for the good of the club and put their differences aside, especially now that the manager's position has been sorted. Nothing can change about that. Mm. Um, it's in all of their interests for Arsenal to succeed. Um, so the messages coming out of the club are very much, you know, get behind the team. We need, we need to get behind the manager, support the club, get the fans on side again. Um, but yeah, whether or not um, those sort of um, fractures can be healed uh, doesn't really matter because all power is held by two men at Arsenal. That's Stan Kroenke and Arsene Wenger. Yeah. And I'm told very reliably that Arsene Wenger doesn't care that he wasn't supported by all of the board. Um, his primary concern was not take internal politics but external atmosphere and the environment which he spoke at length about towards the end of the season that has been created around the club during Arsenal's struggles yeah. um, and he is desperate for everyone to get behind the team the fans the media um, and he thinks that can help drive his team on regardless of what happens inside the club at board level mm, um, before we just talk a little bit more about the manager I want to go back to what you said about the board being split when it comes to Ali Sharuzmanov who owns just over 30% of the shares in Arsenal um, whatever about the, the, the differences they might have with the manager it's very interesting to think that there's differences over Usmanov because we know that Kroenke has no interest or relationship with Usmanov, that if there are splits that fundamental between certain board members and the wishes of the majority shareholder, is that something that might see the makeup of the board change over the coming months? That's certainly a possibility because Stan Kroenke has the power to... Uh, remo remove people from the board he's the majority shareholder and owner whether he will I have absolutely no idea and knowing the pace at which things seem to move at Arsenal <laughs> I'd say probably not um, and I don't know how I should probably rephrase it I don't know how um, determined those individuals are to have Usmanov in but I'm told that some of them have um lost faith in things changing fundamentally and Arsenal uh, achieving their goals with Stan Kroenke. I think some of them, um, and I don't think it's an aggressive desire because I think most people on the Arsenal board are quite content with their positions. But I think if they were to have a preference, they would rather see um, 
the ownership change hands. I don't know whether that is a desire for Elisha Usmanov to come in, but certainly he was the only option um, mm. uh, uh, that we knew of publicly re- most recently. I'm, I'm told, and this is quite interesting, that the offer that was publicly um, revealed, uh, a one billion pound offer valuing the club at two million US dollars, I believe the bid was actually higher, quite considerably higher than that, mm. but it was still rejected, which so shows Stan Kroenke's revol- resolve to hang yeah. on to power. That's and, a two um, billion, I should just correct you there, just to, rather than two million. <laughs> uh, two billion, of course, sorry, yeah, the yeah, values Arsenal, certainly not at two million. Uh, I, he wouldn't. He certainly wouldn't be selling at that price. Um, but um, yeah, and and so that that shows Kroenke's commitment for now, um, and it also crucially means that nobody else has any influence on the Arsenal board. Well, what it does perhaps speak to is the an appetite for change in certain sections behind the scenes. So, given everything that's gone on in terms of fan protests, in terms of fans making their sentiments fairly clear throughout this season in various ways, w- will that make Stan Kroenke sit up and take notice? Is it a wake-up call to him that he can't simply coast along with Arsenal as part of his portfolio of sports franchises, bringing in the uh, the television, the broadcasting money, the prize money that the Premier League offer, the prize money that you uh, get from Europe. Obviously, the Champions League money is not going to be part and parcel of what we uh, bring in this season. And that's got to be, even if it's not as uh, important as it once was, it's got to be uh, something that they take notice of in terms of the balance sheet. So, I mean, do you feel like the men, the two men with the power, as you say, Arsene Wenger and Stan Kroenke, are minded to take that into account in terms of how they operate from now on? Not massively, no. I don't think Stan Kroenke is particularly unhappy. There were reports um, uh, after the game when uh, the fans were singing Stan Kroenke, get out of our club. Um, There were reports that he was he and his family were affected by those chants and that they they were wavering on, um, on the decision to reject Alicia Usmanov's bid and his advances. Well, I don't think that's true at all. Um, I think, uh, Stan is, is very content. Um, we're told that he's very ambitious, completely committed. It was interesting that shortly after those reports emerged, his statement, uh, was issued within an hour, I think, mm. uh, reiterating that his shares were not for sale and that he was a committed investor um, <laughs> in the long in the in the long term. I don't I don't think he or his son Josh, who also sits on the board, are particularly um, perturbed by uh, the protests. I think it's impossible not to take note, and certainly. Arsene Wenger's taken note of it because the amount of the number of times he spoke about the atmosphere and the environment towards the end of the season just proved that. But um, but yeah, I, I, it's really interesting reading the um, Gazidis transcript on the Arsenal website from yesterday because he there's, there's been a lot of conversation in the last 24 hours about how lacking in detail that statement was. Um, and how, if these changes are coming, why have we heard nothing about them mm. other than one paragraph saying that Wenger and Gazidis conducted a review? Um, well, in that transcript, Gazidis says, you'll see the changes coming 
shortly this summer so the proof is going to be in the pudding he said it there so you know time mm. we're only a, f- a number of weeks away from the start of the new season so um so it's going to be fascinating to see if he follows his words with actions as as Wenger said towards the end of the season especially after Gazidis's um comment on catalyst for change Wenger said talk is cheap and it, it really is I think um Time is running out for Arsenal. There's no margin for error now. And they need to, uh, as you've um, very eloquently written in in your last two posts, they need to follow words with actions. And and I think think that is important for Kroenke. I don't think he wants to become a a sort of a laughingstock. And I don't think Arsenal are, but they do urgently have to have to sort this out. Um, otherwise, the two-year contract is going to be um, seen as a flawed decision. Yeah. The critics are going to round on on Wenger and Kroenke once again. Um, this is easily the biggest summer in Wenger's tenure. I think people around him and around the club know that. And um, if this is a repetition of what we've seen before and that there is no plan in place, which was the fear of many when the statement came out yesterday. It didn't touch upon the past at all. It spoke in very similar terms to statements we've seen again and again. It was more about motivation and uniting than actual action plans. Hopefully, from the Arsenal fans' perspective, that that is just paying lip service and behind the scenes they're furiously going to be ploughing on with changes. Um, But... uh, the proof will be in the pudding. Yeah, sure will. There is a lot to do, isn't there? Obviously, people will look to perhaps some of the uh, executive decisions that need to be made, things that might change structurally at board level, this uh, director of football or football executive position that might come on board, and that would speak to at least some uh, some accord between uh, the manager and the board and Ivan Gazidis that, that there is the need for this help, this support structure to be put in place and perhaps to future-proof the club, but also on the playing side of things. And that obviously is key for any football club is is who's going to come in, excuse me, <coughs> who's going to come in and who is who is going to go. And it feels like uh, maybe for the first time that there's going to be more emphasis on who's going out of the club in terms of the sheer numbers anyway than who's coming in. There's a, there's a lot that Arsenal can do to free up money, uh, to streamline their wage bill, to use that money better. Absolutely, Andrew. I think Wenger touched upon it yesterday when he said that the squad looks heavy. Um Certainly, they've got one of the highest wage bills around and um, perhaps it will be the highest wage bill for a club outside the Champions League. I haven't looked into it. Um, And as we know, aside from the new television deals, Arsenal's revenues are pretty much flatlining. The commercial revenues aren't going up anywhere nearly as quickly as they would like or as their competitors, the likes of Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich are. So there's a fundamental problem there in um, the sense of financial fair play and the Premier League wage regulations as well. Um, And so they definitely need to get some high earners or some earners off the books. Um, I'm really intrigued around Jack Wilshere. I think that is going to be one of the biggest stories of the summer. Um, 
Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's a really tricky one because mm. he's clearly incredibly popular with the fans and I think everybody recognises his ability on the pitch. Um, but he also only has a year left on his contract. Um, the focus on the Ozil-Sanchez negotiations followed by the Wenger situation means that all contract talks at the club over players were put on hold. And I don't think the Oxlade-Chamberlain ones had even started. So that's interesting. You've got um, Wojciech Szczesny um, in a similar situation, Kieran Gibbs. So moving those players off or some of those players off the wage bill will allow them to bring in a couple of really big signings. And I don't think the transfer uh, fee is the issue. It's more the salary over the course of the contract. Um, and it would be interesting to see if those departures start to happen quickly yeah. to clear the, clear the decks for a couple of arrivals. Um, and the, everybody I speak to in and around Arsenal suggest that it will be a summer of heavy investment up to around 150 million pounds mm. uh, it was 100, 110 million pounds last summer and they just cannot afford to be talking like this and not following it through so i think they will follow it through all right and there are uh, just very quickly uh, a couple of players who've already more or less signed uh, the bosnian defender said kalasinac <coughs> sorry about this my uh, voice is absolutely ruined after last weekend. <laughs> You're not the only one. And uh, a young Nigerian striker as well. I mean, what can you tell us about both of those two? I think Kolasinic is done. It sounds it sounds like that was done a while ago, actually, with reports even that his medical was conducted. Um, mixed reviews on him. Some that I know in Germany uh, don't speak particularly highly of him, don't see him being much better not they're not saying he's the same exactly the same style but not much better an option than than Nacho Monreal or Kieran Gibbs uh, others set, point out that he was in the Bundesliga team of the year um, I think he sounds okay it's a free transfer it's not the sort of um, signing that will I'm sure really excite the fans but n neither was Rob Holding when he arrived and, yep. and look how he's turned out so I think Arsenal should be applauded if that deal has been done uh, the Nigerian striker I'm told is uh, not a true story I don't think that's happening oh really um, so yeah I don't really know whether that's emanated from his club or from agents around him but as things stand I don't think uh, that's happening and um, I think they need to get their their priorities right and I, yeah. I don't know if they have yet with with those pl player renewals so restarting contract negotiations, um, bringing in signings and also sorting out the situation with um, the coaching staff. There, there is pointedly, there's been no reference to what's happening with the coaching staff at Arsenal next season. Is there um, going to be something no, happening? No, not a clue. Not a clue. We don't <laughs> know if uh, player, if, if, sorry, if um any of the coaching staff are also out of contract. Arsenal are refusing to comment. I think their um, contracts are tied to Arsene Wenger's contract, but whether they chose not to renew some of them when they renewed Arsene Wenger, I, that would be the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they won't comment on whether those contracts have been renewed or whether some of them um, were not streamlined with Arsene's and so he th theirs would continue. Yeah. There is, there's just been zero clarity on that, which makes me think... Uh, 
part well i i know that i think we probably all know there are there are indiv- people around the club and around wenger who would probably encourage him to um him encourage him and them to start the succession planning now for yeah. whenever he's to go whether it's in two years or beyond and therefore people would like to see him bring in somebody around him um i don't know in what role i don't think it would challenge steve bold's role but somebody else and we know that Arsene is a stubborn man and he is completely um, faithful to his own beliefs, his own staff, um, his own track record. And so uh, and we know what, you know, if somebody else came in and started to get the credit, we know that probably wouldn't go down too well. So um, that's a really delicate one that needs to be sorted out um, in terms of. Um, in terms of uh, you talk there about a possible director of football appointment, uh, that's not going to happen. But as has been fairly well documented now, I think they're possibly looking at bringing somebody in or creating a role that would be far more low profile looking around the issue of uh, contracts, analytics, um, um, scouting, uh, behind the scenes role. But that won't affect Dick Law's role, I'm told, despite all of that speculation. He will remain Though he is out of contract in September, so um, he will uh, he will presumably uh, be offered a new contract himself. All right. Well, look, uh, it promises to be uh, a very interesting summer. Uh, I'm going to leave it there because I don't think I can even speak another couple of words. But Dave is uh, <laughs> fascinating and really interesting as always. Thanks for your time. A pleasure. Anytime. Thank you very much indeed to David Ornstein from the BBC. Some, I guess, home truths in there that regardless of whatever happens, Stan Kroenke is the man who holds all the power. He calls all the shots. He makes all the decisions. Regardless of what anyone says or does or thinks or objects to, he's the guy who has control and uh, he's the one who is going to, in many ways, determine the future of this football club. And that's a pretty harsh reality when you think about it because... Well, the, my faith in Stan Kroenke to guide this football club to where it wants to be or where we want this football club to be is at almost zero. So much will depend on what we see happen this summer. Are there going to be actual changes? Are we going to change the way we do things? Are we going to do things better to make the football team and that's what it boils down to, to make the football team better. We'll have to uh, we'll have to wait and see. Apologies for my voice going a couple of times in that interview with David, but uh, th- that's, just, that's just the way it is. As I said, I wouldn't change it for the world, but hopefully I will be better ahead of uh, Monday's Arsecast Extra with James. We'll be chatting about whatever the hell is going on and whatever happens between now and um, then. 
that's it. My brain is not working now either. Uh, I just want to say thank you as well to my previous guests, to Ian Wright. Thank you to Tim Payton and to Clive Palmer. Thanks a lot for your time. Hope you enjoy the show. Remember, if you like the Arsecast, if you want to give us a review or a rating on iTunes, that goes down a storm. It pushes us up the iTunes charts, and it obviously helps support the podcast. So if you felt like doing that, that would be great. Right. We're going to leave it there. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, it's been an interesting week on the pitch and off the pitch at this football club that we all support and love for better or for worse ultimately we all want the same thing so you know as fans let's try and uh, let's try and keep it together and given the theme of this podcast there was really only one song we can use to uh, to play us out today what a song it is what a voice it's the reverend until next time folks take it easy cheers bye bye Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.